0: Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. It is Monday, and I am so excited to be here with you for another week. Here we go. I hope you are pumped and ready to rock this week out. I know I sure as hell am. Uh, we are pretty stoked today. Our guest's name is Justin Biltonen. And he is the bass player for Three Doors Down. And I know what you're wondering. How the What the hell does this have to do with restaurants? And you know, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with restaurants. Um, this is one of those episodes where... Uh, I met somebody very interesting, and I thought, hey, I'd love to talk to him and just kind of get to know him a little bit. It'd be kind of fun to do it on air, and uh, we're in Nashville. He lives in Nashville. He's got a solo country um, thing going on right now, and I thought, hey, it'll be fun to learn. Uh, I've never interviewed a bass player from three doors down, so this would be kind of neat. So there's not a whole lot of restaurant stuff here, and I, I, I warn you, and, <laughs> but we do have a lot of fun. And I really feel like this is a very interesting conversation. And I'm getting, I feel like I learned a lot, you know? I mean, I know I know a fair bit about restaurants and talking to people about what goes on inside of the restaurants, but I'm genuinely curious as to what happens like in a band and how that works. And I do think that there are some similarities between what he does and what we do as far as running restaurants and with hospitality and creating art and putting art out there for other people in that spirit of service I think is absolutely part of what he does versus what we do so there's some get to know you stuff at the beginning I'm, I'm learning I'm you know figuring it all out but I think the interview really picks up Kind of towards the middle and towards the end. And uh, I hope that you stick around and listen to it. You will hear an advertisement in the middle of this episode for Trust 20. They're doing amazing things out there. Check them out at TrustTheNumber20.co and get your restaurant certified. Do it now. Go to TrustTheNumber20.co. See what I'm talking about. There's 20 tactics to help get your restaurant certified. Um They're doing amazing things, just like A. Marshall Hospitality and Puckett's and Deacons New South have done already. So we had a huge week last week, and um, we are so excited this week to bring you this interview with Justin Bilton. On Wednesday, we're going to be talking to Charlie Nelson of Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery, and this interview is going to blow your mind when you hear this guy's story. It is out of control. We are going to have another, I think we're going to try and do another Best of Nashville episode this Friday with some other winners because we just had so much fun celebrating with people, um, their wins, and what was awesome. But if you didn't catch our episode of the Roundup on Friday, we spoke with Ford Fry, uh, who is the owner of The Optimist, and they won for Best New Restaurant. And then we also spoke with Brian Lee Weaver, who was the writer's pick for Best Chef Coincidentally, we got to have Chris Chamberlain uh, on the show to talk to Brian about why they gave him the Best Chef award, which was really cool. And thank you, Chris Chamberlain, for hanging out with us throughout the whole show. Uh, We also spoke with Matt Bolas for uh, Best Collaborative Menu, and uh, we had the Best Chef, um, Best Restaurant, and Best Happy Hour, Lachlan Table. The chef and owner, Hal Holdenbeach, owned us Uh, stop by for that episode and then we had Margot mccormick Um, she came by voted best chef by the readers what an amazing honor what an amazing episode that was to have all five of those six of those amazing people come on so if you haven't heard that go back and check that out and we're going to do something similar this friday maybe a little different but something fun nevertheless We have got hats for sale at our website, www.nashvillerestaurantradio.com. We got hats. Check them out. Um, We'd love for you to help support us. While we do have sponsors, every little bit helps us keep this train running down the track. So uh, we certainly appreciate it. I got really high quality hats. They're worth it. We'd love for you to go check them out and purchase one or ten. It's up to you. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in, and uh, I hope that you enjoyed this interview. It was a lot of fun for me to do it. It's a little departure from what I normally do, but uh, hopefully you stick in there, and uh, give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Send me a message. Just say, hey, I liked it, or hey, I didn't really like it. Don't do that anymore, or hey, let's see more of that, because I'd like to know. I mean, if you guys want to hear from more musicians, I I think a lot of them are willing to talk right now, so uh, let me know. And you can watch this on YouTube. It is probably better to do that, watching it on YouTube, because you can see there's a lot of references we make to like, watch this or check this out. We talk about his tattoos and he shows tattoos and uh, little things like that. Um, so yeah, that's an option too. Let's jump right in. All right, with much excitement and welcoming Justin in into Nashville Restaurant Radio. Welcome, Justin.
1: Hey, man. Thanks for having me
0: man i'm so excited and um this is gonna be a little bit of a different interview for me um because you are a musician you're a recording artist you're a solo artist you're in the country genre yet you're also um the bass player for the iconic three doors down and so why are you on nashville restaurant radio and i i i hope I hope today to to kind of bridge that gap and kind of I'm interested in interviewing musicians, obviously because we're Nashvillians and that's part of our culture here. But I, I I feel like there's there's a there's a lot of similarities between what you do and what we do, and I love talking to interesting people. So if you if you're down, I'm so excited just to talk to you.
1: Yeah, man. Let's. Uh, yeah, I'm down for for whatever
0: okay so let's let's start off with some history so for the people who are listening to this that don't know who you are um you're currently working you're performing solo work as justin Bilton, and you've got a country uh solo a a new song that came out not too long ago called uh worth holding on to a great video by the way and like i said you're also the bass player for the iconic band three doors down Let's walk back exactly, kind of the beginnings. Where Where are you originally from?
1: I'm um, originally from Western North Carolina, uh, kind of outside of Asheville. Um, oh, I
0: love I love that area. I mean, it's so yeah. beautiful. Beautiful. So, it's a,
1: a big, big food community. A lot of beer. A lot of a lot of good stuff going on in that area.
0: Oh yeah, and the the Biltmore Estate is there, which was oh, yeah. a, a nice. Um, beautiful place to go, especially this time of year. It's a it's a crazy place to go in the fall. Okay. So, like far, far east Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much.
0: Um, how old were you start playing music?
1: Um, I think I I picked up a guitar when I was ten or eleven. Um, my mom played a little bit, and she had this uh, old Ovation acoustic laying around and i nice. kind of bang around on that and then within a year i was you know going to pawn shops and trying to find you know with my parents because i was 10 11. <laughs> I wasn't like in pawn shops by myself but um, found a, an old electric and started kind of messing around with that and
0: did it come naturally to you do you just like did you just
1: did you teach honestly- yourself I don't think anything comes naturally to me. I've got to like <laughs> really work hard at stuff. So I think um, it was a long process of you know learning and really sticking to it. And um, no lessons. I worked very hard. Yeah, I took lessons for a little bit. Um, there was a guy in our hometown, uh, Mike Barnes. He's a pretty well-known guitar player. He's played with like Warren Haynes a bunch. He does a lot of stuff. Oh wow. Uh, he's always like on the Christmas jams and stuff, but I, I took lessons from him for a couple weeks. And then I think the big thing was around that time I started playing in church. Okay. I started going, I think it was like eighth grade. I started going to like kind of a, I wouldn't say evangelical necessarily, but it was, it was you know, the modern Southern Baptist church. And especially at the time and like, 98, 99, it was, like, all the music was kind of turning into, like, kind of rock band stuff and, like, The uh, Third Day and DC Talk and Jars of Clay, all those bands were, like, kind of the big thing, and it was cool to try to get, you know, the youth interested in, in church music so you weren't just, you know, standing there singing hymns. Um, so they started kind of outsourcing everybody from the youth group. who could play instruments and that was the worst of music sorry
0: oh yeah so that that was that was my that was my time i was really into um that type of music during that time and um so my dad was in the christian music industry oh cool and um i don't know if you ever read any publications back in the day but there was a magazine called ccm magazine
1: i remember that remember ccm yeah
0: that was my dad's magazine Oh, cool. So like the guys in DC talk and all those guys. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, back in the day, my dad would probably kill me for telling the story, but the guys in jars of clay. So my dad was out of town. He and my parents were out of town. We have a pool. And he says, hey, guys, I've got some photographers coming to take some pictures in the backyard. I don't know what day they're coming, but they'll probably be here someday. You know, just let them in. If the people in the backyard, don't worry about it. No big deal. So we're like, okay. So my brother and I throw a party at the house because they're out of town. Of course, that's what you do when you're like 16 years old and your parents are out of town. So I, I go to bed, I wake up in the morning to my brother going, dude, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I said, what's uh, what's going on? And he said, do you remember, remember the party last night? And I said, yeah. And he goes, there's people in the backyard taking pictures and there's like 50 beer bottles floating in the pool upside down and it's jars of clay in the backyard taking a photo shoot for the cover of ccm magazine the new (laughs) bands that make a splash so we're like in the pool putting beer bottles and they're just cracking up at this these these idiots in the pool and uh but that was right at that time and and i i know exactly what you're talking about
1: that's a great story
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes it's uh it's one of those stories that i just told my dad like two years ago that that actually happened the guys Every time I saw the guys from Jars of Clay, they were like, did you ever? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Thank you for not saying anything. They were totally, totally cool.
1: That was that kind of intersection of that stuff where, you know, you had these Christian groups that were like, that's cool. It wasn't like, you know, here's this traveling choir. It wasn't like
0: Carmen or Sandy Patty. It was like this. It sounded good.
1: Yeah, it was a different, you know, it was a. I guess kind of a modernization of that kind of stuff which which i thought was cool i would always love it. there's some of those bands you still go back and listen to and a bunch of them are still oh yeah playing and, playing and it's good music i mean whether you're all in on it or not it's there's a bunch of good songs out there from those bands
0: there most certainly is so you're playing in church did you play any other instruments so you learned the guitar and obviously you you play the bass but did you learn you play drums you play any Brass or anything?
1: No, I never could figure out drums. I think that was—I was, I don't think I was crazy enough for drums. That takes a whole separate kind of crazy person to be a drummer. <laughs> Everyone that I know, like you, there's too much going on. You got to be—you have to screw loose to be able to do that stuff. But um,
0: <laughs> never
1: messed with any, any brass either. Um, Keys? Very, very small amount. I, I kind of. Messed around on, messed around with banjo a little bit, um, especially growing up West North Carolina bluegrass is huge. So especially like kind of growing up in the family, that was that was always bluegrass pickers and stuff. But um, yeah, I always just kind of stuck to guitar and I, I messed around on bass a little bit whenever somebody needed something, like in high school, if we needed a bass player for a church thing or something going on with like a battle of the bands or something in school. Kind of mess around with it, but it was primarily guitar. I think that was that was what all so, me drew me.
0: What was the first band that you were ever in?
1: Oh, um I had one that I was. We were, we were kind of we we played a bunch, and then we're kind of we break up every three months all through high school. Um, we had a bunch of different names. Oh, what was it that? I don't know why I can't think of the name of it right now. It was me and my buddy Jason and Daniel. We always put, we did like Blink-182 covers. And, and yeah. Some of our own music. Um, I don't know. It'll, it'll come to me in, in a bit. But that, that was probably the first band that like we'd, we'd actually play. We actually played at church too. But then like whenever uh, Jason's mom and dad worked at the church. So whenever something wasn't going on, we could go in and rehearse and play in there. And like play all the the bad songs that you know we weren't supposed to be playing and try to leave the cuss words out because we were at church and a lot of punk rock stuff it's when like i was really getting into like the whole punk scene and a lot of sky was in a bunch of ska bands really yeah like full horn section ska bands that was like such a like, I was in, like, three or four ska bands. I don't...
0: But that's got to be, like, the most – I always imagine, like, if you're in a band, being in a ska band would be, like, the funnest thing in the world, but you would just be so exhausted after a show because I just imagine there's lots of jumping around.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of jumping. It was fun. Um, it's one of those things, too, like, when, when you have that many people playing – I'm sure it's the same, like, if you're playing with the orchestra or something, like, whenever you have – you know, like a four- or five-piece band plus three other people playing in a horn section, and all that stuff clicks, it's the coolest thing. Like, whenever it is. that stuff, like, comes together, there's, like, a, a big chorus part, it's it's a cool feeling. I think that's, especially at the time, whenever, you know, in 2001 or two, like, whenever Scott was actually, like, on the main the mainstream there for a minute, like, I think that was the draw, it was like all that stuff hits and it's, it was like really cool, you yeah. know. All that stuff comes together, it's a, it, was, it just was a cool vibe, it was a cool feeling. So,
0: so there's, this is one of those restaurant assimilations that I'm talking about to where you've got all of these things that have to work in literal concert. And when it does, it's really special. And that's kind of like what it's like in a restaurant on a really busy night. When the bartender's pumping out drinks, they're three deep. The host, they're they're kind of certain, They're managing the place as a server or whatever. as a manager. You're just. It's just this flow. It's this this organized chaos. Yeah. It's just this chaos that just happens, and at the end of it, you're all like, "We just went through battle together, and we killed it. Like we did a great job. Like, do you ever get that feeling when you finish a show like that, or when you just when you just I mean, it just everything works out well. You're like really close to everybody. Like, is it just like this moment?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it was like uh, worked in restaurants and stuff, so I know exactly what you mean when everybody's when you got the whole stats all clicking together and everything's moving right, and it's total chaos in there. But like, food's going out on time, drinks are going out on time. It's like it, it really is very similar whenever. Um, you have a big show or you have something that was like a fly date where you've got everybody running all day, you got the crew running all day, everybody's trying to set stuff up or like at a big festival and you've got a very specific time slot and it's like, you guys are on, you know, it's gotta be right here, right now, go, go, go. And whenever that actually clicks and goes off and the show's great, the crowd's great, everybody got in, got out, seamlessly that's uh that's a good feeling because yeah, i've definitely been on the other end of it where nothing works nothing's right you go in it's total chaos and things are falling apart because you got some of the wrong people in place and i think being on both ends of that shows you you get that feeling when everything's right you know
0: but you see when you're in a band like you were in a band called a campaign 1984 yeah. which was kind of your band that led up to um three doors down right So when you're with that band and you're doing concerts and you put everything together is it more you doing everything and or did you have a full crew but when you get to three doors down that's a different level right i mean you have like roadies and a whole production team do you have to do a lot when it comes down to like a three doors down type situation you're going to play a festival do you what do you have to do to prepare for that or you just show up and play
1: um i Yeah, with the campaign, it was, it was all on us. We like, were DIY. We had nobody that went with us. It was the four guys in the band. And loading in gear, doing all this. It was total chaos all the time. And a lot of times it didn't work. It was frustrating. A lot of times it did, and it was fun. And, you know, you get to that level of three-door stuff, and all of a sudden it was just my job is to perform this song the best I can. And to look right, play right, do everything that I'm supposed to do is only on that stage for that hour and a half, two hours. And I don't have to worry about any of the, the stuff behind the scenes because it's, it's not my gig. It's not my job. So it was a big, it was a big jump for that, but it, it really was just like focused 100% on that performance, which is cool. It's,
0: it's a, but it's is a, that better? Is that better or worse? I mean, because do you feel more of a sense of satisfaction when you actually set everything up and you put that blood, sweat, and tears into it? Was playing the music kind of the the icing on the cake? Like, we did all of this, and when it works, you're like, holy shit, this actually works. We're doing it. Is there more excitement than that, or is there more excitement playing in front of 15,000 people in an arena playing bass, playing, you know, an iconic song like Kryptonite to thousands people jumping up and down, and you've just, like what's the difference in emotion there? Cause I'm like, I, it's gotta be the number one question you get asked, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that's, that's a tough question because like I, I do do my solo stuff and whenever I do that, it's just me. I throw guitar or PA or whatever I got to take in the truck and drive and go play shows. So I guess I still do like that, you know, doing it all on my own kind of, forging my own path with that stuff and there's a
0: sense of accomplishment there
1: yeah and uh, but, but also I mean there, there's definitely a, that good feeling that sense of accomplishment with getting on stage and playing for a bunch of people and doing that one gig and going to bed um, <laughs> that, like I, I think I still just I, I love I love performing no matter what. So, no matter what I'm doing, like even with everything shut down, I'm still doing live streams at least once a week um, since back in April. And been able to get out and go play bars and stuff now and go play my own shows and do different things now. And I've got a couple coming up and booking more. So, I think, I think it's just performing. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to perform. So, getting out and playing music, like whether it's setting up in here and, and do a live stream or doing my, my own, you know, shows where I throw everything in the truck and go play somewhere or just show up and and do my gig with three doors. Um, so are you guys also, still. It's feeling of accomplishment. I think.
0: What is your, where are you guys at with, um, so you just said you're doing live streams. You're, you're focusing right now on your solo career. I imagine because that's something that you, that's yours, you own it, it's your deal. And obviously if that's, if you become the next Keith Urban, that would be really cool. (laughs) Um, But Three Doors, are you still, are you guys recording? I I read that you guys were going to go on a huge world tour this year with a re-release of the uh, inaugural, your first album on the 20 year anniversary. Yeah. Is that it? And obviously that is on hold. Like where, what's our, what's your status there?
1: Um, that was that was going to be the main deal this year was uh June through I think December was going to be Europe the states Canada full on all over the place like we were supposed to be going to a lot of different cool places for the 2020 anniversary like it was 2020 it was going to be the 20th anniversary yeah the first record and um i think with all that stuff getting it didn't necessarily get canceled, just got pushed to the next year. Like all that stuff was already in place for, you know, the re release of everything. So they just kind of moved it over. Um, and that's that's the main plan now. Um, did a little Waffle House uh, thing last week, which was pretty fun. It's like they've got an award ceremony called the Toonies. And yeah. it's for their jukeboxes in all the Waffle House. And, um, They were honoring the people who get played the most, so uh, I think Kid Rock and Luke Combs. There's a bunch of different artists on it, and uh, we were one of them. So we went and did a performance and some different stuff for it. But um, with three doors, yeah, nice. So um, yeah, that's uh, I think this year happened, and they just moved everything next year. So we'll see what happens with that, but. um, I know they're already working on the solo. Let's just move everything that was supposed to happen June through November to twenty twenty one. So
0: hopefully, you, do, seem, hopefully. I said, you seem you seem to be just like rolling with it though. I mean, so yeah. many people are having a tough time with just all of the change and what's going on with my life. And you're on going to World Tour. Are you are you married? Do you have no, children? Yeah
1: not married but uh we got a girlfriend we just bought a house over here in Hermitage and oh nice yeah um,
0: congratulations thank you thank you
1: um we've been excited about it. it's been a, a huge blessing being able to work on this during the whole thing but um does she travel with you when you go on tour no no she uh always says she's got a, a real person job um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, works in the medical field and medical research sales and stuff. So she's been able to work from home this whole time. And she hasn't missed a beat. I like heard her stuff is still going strong, which has been another huge blessing. We're you know, kind of worried about a lot of stuff, obviously, with I never expected to just be completely shut down. But um, yeah, she's going strong and she, she works normal hours. <laughs> so uh, she doesn't travel with me, but.
0: So uh, I, I we got way diverted from our story we were telling as to how you got here. And I know there's just so many questions I wanted to jump in and ask you. But um, so back to your band, um, a campaign 1984. You're in this band. You moved to Nashville. Did you move to Nashville with the band or did you start the band when you got to Nashville?
1: We um, started that band in North Carolina. And, okay. Um I for the, the probably the last two years that we were doing that band was in Nashville pretty much every weekend um I was kind of when I started really and this was like 10 years ago but um really started learning the ropes of country co-writes in Nashville um ended up getting an opportunity with a guy named James House And we had some mutual friends, and he kind of took me under his wing for about a year, year and a half. And we'd do co-writes, and I'd come to town, and we'd work on stuff. And I kind of had, like, a little country trio, duo thing going for a minute that we were working on. And um, that's what what I trying to get into
0: here. Okay. What was What kind of music was, I I haven't heard campaign 1984. (laughs) What type of music were you playing?
1: It was kind of heavy, crazy Southern rock. A lot of chaos. (laughs) A lot of riffs, a lot of kind of heavy stuff.
0: We're gonna take a quick break to hear a short word from Trust 20. Trust 20 is the new standard of restaurant safety and diner comfort. Trust 20 restaurants are part of a national network of restaurants that meet a high standard of cleanliness and safety, giving diners confidence in the measures you're taking to keep them safe. Trust 20 restaurants receive expert guidance, operational resources, and benefit from diner focused promotion on behalf of Trust 20 network of participants. So how do you get certified? It's easy. First, go to trust20.co and request a certification appointment. Then, a Trust 20 specialist will reach out and arrange a visit. The specialist conducts a 60-minute review and consultation according to Trust 20 tactics. If adjustments are needed, the Trust 20 specialist will provide guidance to assist. Now that you're certified, have peace of mind that you're doing everything you can to keep your restaurant safe and start enjoying the benefits of Trust 20 certification. Remember, visit trust20.co to request your certification appointment today so I'm just i'm just following your musical progression because i just started listening to country at the beginning of 2020 i literally um i i met uh stormy warren from uh the highway and uh he he challenged me i said i i told him i said country music to me is like oysters but i keep trying it and i continue to not like them so i think i'm just labeling it that i don't like it and he goes have you listened for longer than 10 days? And I said, I don't think I could make it. And he goes, I challenge you, listen for 10 days and you will fall in love. And I said, you know what, dude, I'm going to do that because I'm, I'm just going to try it. And I listened for 10 days. And now I love country music. I, I don't know what it was, but I fell in love with the stories. There's something very wholesome about it. I dig it. But you went from playing your mom's guitar to now you're uh, into the Christian genre. You like the rock type stuff. And you've got a heavy southern rock band but you're also co-writing in nashville doing country music like where where does all this how does it make sense
1: so growing up i guess my my first all the music that i remember like first being kind of introduced to and being old enough to to absorb was the 90s country that was happening that my dad was really into because he always he always wanted to be a country singer if you get a couple beers of him he just sings all the time it's really good <laughs> and it was just always on and alan jackson brooks and dunn garth brooks alabama all the old stuff waylon johnny cash charlie daniels big time um all that stuff was just like my the music that my parents were listening to and that I was listening to when I was younger. Kind of got out of it through high school and started getting into the heavy stuff because it's got the progression of, you know, teenage. Stuff, I guess you'd call it. Uh, you don't want to listen to your parents' stuff. And growing up in North Carolina, I was like, I didn't want to listen to bluegrass at the time. It was like, this, this cool heavy stuff that I'm listening to and
0: grunge was really big then i mean grunge and rock alternative rock was really big around okay. that time right i mean so i mean yeah. that was all the radio stations
1: were playing absolutely and i think that was that was kind of the progression was just you know like everybody you try to find your own stuff like this is my music this is what i connect to and at different times that's that's what happened so you you might start listening to heavier stuff or different stuff on the radio or I don't think everybody does that. Obviously I think some people just turn on whatever's on the radio and go about their day. But um, I think being a musician and playing in different bands and doing all that stuff, I was always like absorbing and listening and trying to find songs and things that I could relate to and found a lot in like the, the kind of punk rock heavy stuff for a while and once I got on the road with the campaign and, you know, it was, I think around like 2005, I think, was when I really started getting back in the country. Um, Cause we go play the crappy bar somewhere in the middle of nowhere and have a long drive somewhere else at like 2.30 in the morning. And, you know, you're the only one awake in the van as you're driving. <laughs> and you don't want to listen to a bunch of screamy stuff or like heavy music so try to find something softer you try to find something you know a little quiet that you can put on and you're also driving by yourself you're you're playing bars you're kind of living what the old country stuff was talking about and
0: well you're identifying with the music you're listening to it kind of It's, it's, it's comforting. It's like, almost like if you're by yourself, it's like listening to a, it's like being able to have a conversation with a friend, but somebody that gets you right now.
1: And I think that, you know, that was the, the, the whole thing was identifying with stuff for a time and everything's kind of got a season to it. But, um, yeah, I started like going back and listening to the stuff that I grew up on and I was like, oh, songwriting's amazing. Like I'm, I'm out here on the road doing exactly what, you know, Waylon Jennings was talking about and started kind of diving back into that stuff and really got into, it. I was, I was trying to write, it, I was trying to play it. And around that same time, like Jason Aldean, Dirks Bentley, Eric Church, all those guys were like really coming on the scene and that kind of new wave of this kind of country rock stuff, that also kind of blended like a little bit of what I was doing. There's all these like big heavy guitar riffs and. Jason Aldean's got this huge band singing. And I was like, oh, this kind of bridges the gap of the stuff that I was listening to and go see, you know, Drive-By Truckers or something. And there's this, just, I think at the time, they had like seven people in the band when I saw them, whenever Jason Isabel was playing with them. And there's all this stuff going on. And it was like kind of a good mix of what I was into anyways. And this older country stuff that I loved. And I think that just kind of, I started identifying with that more, listening to the stories and eventually started, you know, trying to write that stuff on my own. And that's kind of how I ended up doing the stuff here in Nashville with James House um, and subsequently started writing with a bunch of other people in town too. And especially once I, I moved here officially with, when I started with Three Doors, that was, that was easy. I was getting rights all the time with people. So.
0: So when you get rights, do you get hired by like a publishing company to be a writer or are you just known because you've been doing songs and you have friends, you meet people and you're like, hey, I wrote this. What do you think? Like Tell me t- about how, because I think there's a ton of people out there in Nashville who are songwriters. I think yeah. we hear the term songwriter all the time, but I want to know kind of the nuts and the bolts. Like, how does it work? Do you Meets me at a bar and you're like, you want to write a song? Is it like an intimate thing? Is it like you got to know the person? You have to have chemistry to write a song. How does it begin? Um, all that.
1: I, there, there's a bunch of different avenues. Um, pretty much everything you just said is true. Um, there's some people that get, you know, pub deals and they're, they're a songwriter for a specific publishing house. Uh, that happens all the time. That's kind of something that you strive for as a songwriter, um, it opens up a lot of doors and avenues, but, um, I think mostly, especially starting out, you just kind of, you find other people that are songwriters too, that are, um, coming up a lot of them now, you know, you got artist writers, so you meet other people in town. Do you have any kind of chemistry whatsoever, just like hanging out, drinking a beer or, you know, like just hanging out at a, at a writer's round or something, then, that balls and usually trying to get a song right together and then kind of go from there too. like, if, if you guys get a good song or you get started on a good song, then maybe get another one and write more and you kind of end up over time finding like a little group of people that you write well with. And it just kind of goes from there. I've had so many people just like hit me up on Instagram, like, Hey, you want to write, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So there's a lot of it that's organic and then. You start getting to different levels of it. And if you're on a publishing thing, they're setting up rights for you, um, probably three a day and writing as much as you can.
0: So how much of your experiences from kind of just growing up, being in bands, playing, traveling around the country, like you said, playing in small bars, playing in just crazy, I don't know, in front of 10 people versus a couple hundred people or whatever the driving across the country just those experiences and then being in a band like 3 Doors Down and having those experiences do you think that that rounds you as a songwriter do you think that that's something that you're able to put into your songs that that different level perspective because a ton of people out there who write songs have never played the inauguration
1: yeah <laughs> who you know
0: people out there who play songs haven't played in these festivals in front of 20,000 people and you have that experience do you think that that adds to your songwriting ability?
1: Um, I hope so. Um, I feel like as a songwriter or writer of any kind, if you're writing, you know, stories or novels or poems or anything, we, we draw from experience. And there's some people out there that can just like totally make something up and be a thousand percent relatable and have no experience with it, whatever. Like they're, they're that talented. Naturals. yeah, there's some people just you know they they have a way with words and they can just spit out what um, whatever they they feel needs to be said on whatever subject and that's a that's a whole other talent. But like I said, I gotta work at everything I do really hard and not like naturally
0: talented. <laughs> so
1: I think the experiences that I've gained from traveling so much because I've been doing some form of touring since 2004 and that's when i first yeah. started back when you could book stuff on myspace and play a bunch of cities with bands that you've never met before and like there's this whole weird time where you you know you could do that and print out a whole trapper keeper full of map quest directions and take a flip phone and head out um so that's you. old school right there yeah <laughs> Uh, looking back now as, as connected as we are with GPS and all that stuff. I'm like, I have no idea. Like actually like reading an Atlas and getting to a show somewhere in California. And well, but we did it, I, you know, uh, something I would, I would, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything and it definitely led up to all this stuff that I've been able to, to do with my career so far and. It adds to that story. It adds to the stuff. It adds to what I can bring to the table whenever we, you know, sit down to write a song or talk about something, because um, it comes from a real place. And I think the best songs come from a real place. So yeah, whatever it is that you're you're writing about, if you if you actually have that experience, I, I think it's going to be better than just trying to imagine what it's like to do something. So. I like to think it, you know, it's an extra kind of tool in the toolbox for sure.
0: For sure. What are you what are you most proud of? What's the experience and the thing that you've been able to do through all of this that you look back on as your fondest memory?
1: Oh man. Um I don't know if I have like one in particular, because they, they just come up randomly, like in a conversation when you're talking to so something like, oh, yeah. yeah. This when we were out west doing this this one time, but um, done a lot of cool stuff with with three doors. We've been able to travel the world, and the band has a really great charity that they started way before I was in it. But done a lot of great stuff with that charity over the past seven and a half years that I've been in the band, and really proud of all that stuff. Uh, let's
0: talk about that. What is the charity, and let's give it some yeah all the all the love and all the the. Let's talk about it and. Let's learn more about it so we can educate our listeners.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's called the Better Life Foundation, and the band it's it's from the the record, but um, the band started it I believe in two thousand five, maybe okay. 2000, or 2005, somewhere in there, like early on in their career, and um, it's been a really awesome charity. They've done a ton of work around the states and a lot of international stuff too. It's uh, dollar in dollar out charities and nobody nobody makes any money on it it goes directly to whatever stuff needs it so a lot of disaster relief a lot of um women's shelters a lot of cancer stuff a lot of veteran stuff Uh, they're just helping everybody yeah and and i think it's 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 something they can just kind of allocate money wherever there's a there's a need for it and it goes directly to the people that, um, our foundation chair, Mark Smith, he's very adamant about, you know, sourcing out who's, who's legit. Cause there's a lot of charities out there where, you know, you give $10,000 and, you know, a hundred bucks of that actually is used on what it's going to. Everything else goes to a lot of stuff. Paying. yeah. And, um, they've done a really great job over the years of finding the stuff that, all right. Here's this group that's going to take this check directly to Lowe's to buy supplies to rebuild these homes after the storm. A lot of stuff that's directly boots on the ground. No, you know, money doesn't get you know murky in any way. It's it goes directly to the people, and they've done a great job with that. So, um, over the years, it's just been it's been a really cool thing to be a part of.
0: So it sounds like the guys of three doors down are really using um using this this platform to to do some great things and i i love that about them the rest of the band they all live here in nashville too
1: yeah we got uh, our lives out in murfreesboro and then chris greg and chet they live in hendersonville and then i live in hermitage
0: all right very cool so you guys so hermitage Hendersonville, you guys aren't that far away do you guys practice, like, a lot? Do you guys get together and, like, practice? Or do you need to practice kryptonite? Like, you like, I, I played this
1: song a thousand times. Yeah. I'm good. A, a little bit of that. You know, you, you, before we do something, we usually get together and knock the dust off. But um, we've been playing together a long time. We've been doing these songs for a long time. So um, muscle memory is pretty crazy. If you can not play a song for a year. And then sit down. It may not be the best you've ever played it, but all also your hands are just doing what they're supposed to. <laughs> and uh, I can. Yeah.
0: I, I play guitar. Not really. I, I, I learned chords. I played it in church around that same time you did in 97, 98, or a little before you. But um, I can still play Better Man by <laughs> I can still do it. My hands just go right there, and I can do the chords, and I can still do it all. I pick up a guitar any day of the week and be like, I can play it, come as you are, yeah. I can kill it.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a funny thing. Like you just, you, it's like riding a bike, I guess. You just, there's a lot of it that it's is uh, kind of perishable if you don't practice. And I think that's more more along the lines, of like the performance side. And I think that's something that you definitely have to, to work on if you want to be an entertainer. Desire like just me on my solo stuff, I can hear a difference. Like if I haven't gone out and played a show on my own in a month, like when I finally do, I can tell like it's little stuff. It's, it, it's things where like if I was playing, I, I'd nail this little riff that I do while I'm singing. And then if I haven't played in a while, it's a little tougher, my voice isn't, you know, I don't have the, the energy in it or something. So there, I think the performance side, there's stuff that's that's very perishable. And to be a good entertainer, you kind of got to work on that all the time and be in front of people doing that stuff. But it comes back quick.
0: How often do you deviate from, you know, your song? You have a song, um, you know, some bands are notorious for widespread panic. You mentioned Warren Haynes. But starting a song and then like moving into another song and then coming back to the original song, but doing just all kinds of deviations in the middle of a song. Do you ever do that? Uh Is that something like musicians do where they go, I'm going to sing the verse this way? Counting Crows. I used to hate it because Counting Crows, Adam Dirtz would always sing the songs live. And I'm like, it it doesn't sound like the album. And then Uh kind of after a while, I was like, oh, he's doing that on purpose. Because that's his thing.
1: Yeah. I think so. you know, they, they don't want it to be boring. They're trying to, you know, mix it up a little bit and every show is different, which is totally cool. But um, Three Doors has never been that bad. We got one thing, like we do a little reggae part in Kryptonite sometimes for a, a breakdown, but that was like, it's, it, it really didn't, it doesn't change the song. It's not like went off and jammed or anything, but um, Three Doors, we just play the song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just do just do the thing man
1: there you go they came
0: to hear the song we're gonna play the song
1: yeah um with my solo stuff i, I guess i don't really jam but it's it like i usually end up playing like two three hours and then yeah it's it's weird like I've that i don't know how i got roped into that <laughs> but uh two I three
0: hours that's a
1: that's a set man yeah i think that's definitely in the uh In the country world a little more common because you go and play places and until you're like the on a tour where you only get 30 minutes because you're an opener or you're the main act um, you end up having to play you know there's pretty good long sets for uh um, throwing in covers and doing all that stuff to kind of keep the crowd interested but um yeah, whenever I do that stuff, it's just kind of, I guess the only improv would just be whatever I'm feeling. I can kind of, gotcha. like, I don't have a set list that I'm like, right, oh, I'm going to bang through this and take off. Do you play so, covers? Yeah, I've got a couple that I, I like playing. Um, got to fill up that time. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was like three hours. Do you have that much original music to play? Or do I've you got ever play the originals? And
1: ever do I can probably.
0: worst songs. No, no, I never do that. You'd know, like a country kryptonite? Just bust that out one night if there's like nine people there or something, and you're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do this!" Like, no,
1: I, I, I never mess with that stuff just because I'm not a singer for three doors, so it it feels weird. Yeah, I but
0: understand that. It doesn't feel
1: natural to to sing those songs. If that makes any sense, no, I, it
0: totally makes sense. It just, it just feels so. Weird. We're
1: it doesn't feel like, even doing a cover. It doesn't. It, just doesn't feel right to me. So, so I just don't do it. <laughs> if anybody, like whenever people ask stuff, they're like, Hey man, play that song. Like you're, think, like you're thinking of a different band. I'm in three dog night. And, <laughs> but cause nobody knows three dog night songs, but uh, <laughs> usually laugh no, everybody me.
0: knows three dog night. Come on.
1: Uh, I think about now I've been outperforming long enough to where whenever, I do go play places. It's like, that's cool that he's from the band, but we know he's he's doing his own thing. It's the crowds and I look, well, why aren't you playing Kryptonite, man? What's going on? Is it people, people get it. They know it's just, it's me and whatever I want to play, not like out performing the three-door songs on my own. It's a totally different thing.
0: So I'll pivot a little bit because we're, we're not that we're just running out of time, but. Time does fly when we're having a good conversation. You also have another company that you do. It's called Sacred West Trading Company. Yeah. Right. And so tell me about that. Tell listeners, um, you kind of do some leather works and coffee. You have coffee?
1: Yeah. um, That whole thing kind of evolved uh, out of this whole situation um, with everything shutting down. And it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, a lot of the fans i have been doing leather work for a very long time and, and tooling leather and making all sorts of different stuff. And it, um, it gets pretty hard to keep up with since it's not my primary thing. And I wanted to kind of divert that creativity and something that I could kind of keep up with. And uh, one of my best friends, he's really good with computer programming and doing all that kind of stuff, and I'm not at all good at it. And we kind of started working on this stuff and it was just designs that i had because I, I love wild west stuff like i love all, all the the imagery of it and it just a it's cool stuff with it so that was a lot of the designs that i did with leather work anyways was that kind of you know different leather working stuff that, that always kind of ends up being that you know western thing so when they shut down, I started drawing and working on different stuff. And we kind of put together this apparel company. And I wanted a lot of different ways to, to do stuff instead of just relying completely on, like, all right, I, I make this leather wallet that make, that takes me you know, two days to finish. And I hope somebody buys it. That's, with the apparel thing. It's like, all right, we got t-shirts. We got all sorts of different stuff that we can offer. And it's still a way to be creative and do that and kind of get things running all the time because it's not just me sitting in the garage, you know, working on something. So that started to evolve when we started kind of seeing what else we could add to it. And we ended up with with two great um, coffee offerings that we have right now that we started with and some different leather work. Um, Started adding in uh, recently, um, kind of Southwest native jewelry that I've been collecting for a long time. And we've got that aspect of it, so it's all cool vintage stuff, and just kind of worked up a bunch of different ways to to be creative within that company, I guess. And uh, launched it a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's been doing pretty good. Like we've been getting some sales, and people've been digging it. And I don't know, just another another way to be creative. I think.
0: <laughs> there you go. So it is um, Sacred West Trading you yep. can find it sacred west trading you got a picture you got it there you go there's
1: a uh, one of the coffees there. sacred west and then uh, oh, i got the t-shirt on too very nice yeah so we're, we're, i like that it's
0: a cool t-shirt is that like the super duper soft t-shirt
1: yeah it's like uh just those canvas beta soft they're they've been good all the the designs yeah. gotten from them were very comfortable so so you know, to... well, I got. Um,
0: I haven't exactly bridged the gap between restaurants and bands. Done <laughs> a good job. We've just been talking about your life and, and career. Um, but I imagine um, kind of just talking about the the kindredship and all the things that you do in a band, all the experiences you have that brings each other closer. Uh, and I think that there's a spirit of service that you have to have to get on stage because you're you're presenting art. And the same way people in restaurants present art, it's almost like I talk about love languages a lot, you know, and you've got a girlfriend, you guys <laughs> live together, you probably know each other's love languages. Um, so the spirit of service of like wanting to give and create, you know, this experience for people, I think is something that we we absolutely share and um, i just love you've come on today and just kind of talked about your your experiences and everything you've done one of the other similarities between chefs people who work in restaurants probably everybody these days but not me um you have a bunch of tattoos
1: oh yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it's uh um i love do you have any stories behind the tattoos
1: um yeah i got a couple of different ones uh the short story on this one um so rose just to, just for the short one there's a uh, one of my favorite wayland jennings songs rose in paradise it's a uh, kind of a ghost story it's a uh, really cool song i played on set. it's one that i've always loved but that's where that tattoo came from so that's a short story on that one but uh nice. there's some longer stories for some other ones but yeah, they all have. They all have some.
0: <laughs> Is there any that you regret?
1: Um, no. There's a there's some that um I've gotten just kind of in the heat of the moment that don't really mean anything to me. That they're just kind of there. But it's there's nothing that I'm like, oh man, I need to get that. Rest. Yeah. Just kind of. But if if I ever had a chance to like get like a bigger piece to cover it up or something, uh, I might. But. I don't have anything that I'm like. Oh man, I can't stand that. I can't believe I got that. You know, travel tramp stamp or something. <laughs> I, don't, I
0: don't know. Like is there a couple of just rapid fire questions, and I'll I'll let you off the hot seat. We get you out of here. So who is it? Have you you've been out there? You've played a lot of shows. You've been probably with a lot of different. Um, probably been on stage with some different people. Is there anybody you've been on stage with? you have you just got get to meet that you've just been starstruck or that you've just been it's just been really cool?
1: Um, we have played with a lot of iconic bands, um, which has been really cool getting to to see all those or perform with the same stuff. But um, I'd have to say, uh, Mister Charlie Daniels, he, he rest was in all, peace. Um, yeah, he was a great man, and got to meet him on several different occasions. We, you know, we played with him and. Uh, the first time I met him, uh, myself and Brad, our singer, and Luke Bryan sang on stage with him at uh, Lipscomb University, whenever he was doing his uh, charity event there. And that's still probably the, the coolest thing I've ever gotten to do. Wow. Yeah. What
0: an amazing moment. Um, back to the restaurant world. You live in Nashville. Where do you, where do you and your girlfriend
1: go out to eat? Uh, Everywhere. Um, Back when we could, I guess. Uh, now that we can a little more, it's, it's, it's been nice. Cause that was kind of a big part of the culture around here is the food and beverage industry. So, um, it, it, I, I'm banking on it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I guess it kind of just depends like that we, what we're, you know, What's going all right, on? So,
0: all it, right. So you're, you're just hungry and you guys are going out to eat. Where's the go-to? You could be like the local Mexican restaurant Hermitage. I don't know. But like, just if you guys are just going out to grab a bite to eat, what do you choose? What's like your, it's the old standby.
1: Um, Martin's is a big one. All um, right. Barbecue at some point, especially if we got people in town, that's like a, it's a good go-to. The atmosphere is really cool. Food's great. Um, there's another new barbecue place over on the east side called Shotgun Willie's. Yes. Awesome. And I've spent a lot of time in Texas, and they do brisket right down there. And so Shotgun Willie's, it's Texas style. Not too many people that, that do it right around here. <laughs> There's a lot of good pork barbecue, ribs and stuff, but his brisket is awesome.
0: So I love the Shotgun Willie shout out. Uh, we're gonna We're working on getting him on the show, him and his wife.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Tell them, tell them I'm a huge fan. It was great. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> All right. We'll do. All right. So that's your casual, hey, we're going to go out and grab something you like, barbecue. Now, so let's just say you want to go out for an anniversary. You want to go out for it's your birthday. One of those type situations. Where are you going?
1: Um, Just recently for my birthday, which was in July, we went to The Optimist. Oh, yeah. Ford Fry there in Germantown. Oh, yeah. Incredible. That place was awesome. Uh, Really good food, really cool atmosphere. Loved it. Um, Been to Urban Grub a couple times. That place is great. Um,
0: I'm having brunch there this Sunday.
1: Great. Yeah, great ribs. Um, Chow Han's really good. Um, All right. Right next to it, uh, Mockingbird. And then um, it's the Asian place there in the middle. Tonsu? Tonsu, yeah. That place is awesome
0: and they have a uh, they have a pop-up right now called quesabria oh yeah which is just uh they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff that's all all the rage right now
1: yeah uh burger republic's great both they're located well i think they got more than two now but um the one on the gulch is really good it's great great i was burger. just
0: um, just there the other day
1: have you uh have you
0: gone to any of these pop-ups that have been happening all over town not yet but
1: there's one at fat bottom it's like the Mac shack or something oh yeah and it's all like gourmet mac and cheese And Ooh. that's happening very soon um, they're different mac and cheese flights so you can get like four <laughs> five different mac and cheeses that are all crazy and they're gonna get beer from fat bottom so that one's that one's happening soon.
0: That might be one I can take my kids to. I have I have five and seven year old boys that are practically macaroni and cheese connoisseurs. Oh, sure.
1: so
0: <laughs> it sounds like a perfect uh, afternoon for the family.
1: Yeah.
0: do you, Do you cook at all? Is your girlfriend the cook?
1: What yeah. do you What do you make at home? We cook a lot, um, and have been doing all this stuff. And everybody's got their own. Especially, I've got a, a blackstone griddle that I got um, the beginning of summer. And it's like the flat top griddle, so been cooking burgers and tacos and all sorts of good breakfast stuff on there. Um, Heck yeah! Oh, no, we make everything. Um, that's I, I think that's a little more fun than going to restaurants these days. Like actually honing <clears throat> honing those cooking skills instead of just you know getting used to I- something in a pan or something like actually. Learning proper ways to do that stuff. I've seen a lot of people doing that um, throughout this whole crazy situation because you want some good food, and it's for a while you could you just really couldn't go get it because it was closed. So, saw a lot of people kind of learning a new skill, and it's carried over. Cook all the time. Um, She just made a really good corn chowder that was like one of the best I'd ever had. yeah, pasta, vodka sauce, like homemade vodka sauce, and all sorts of stuff. I've been I've been really getting after it. Um, I'm going to try to make like a brisket chili. Um, I had out in uh, California one time that I'm going to try to recreate. I had like brisket in it with bison. Yeah. Stuff, so,
0: can't go wrong there. Uh, you can't go wrong there. That sounds fantastic. Are you a uh, sports fan? Did you watch <laughs> the Titans game last night?
1: Yeah, did, we did. Um, <clears throat> We've got two friends that are uh, Bills fans. Um, oh, nice! So we went and watched the game with them, which was just a- awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you think when Derrick Henry threw uh, Norman last night? Were you guys? Were you just like?
1: So yeah, that was. I mean, the whole place went great. We were at a bar down here. It's uh, JB's Poor Poorhouse. Um, oh
0: yeah, it's awesome. I love JB's Poor Poorhouse.
1: Yeah, great spot, and it's it's like a mile from our house, so. That was amazing. Josh Norman used to play for the Panthers, and being from North Carolina, we been Panthers fans for a long time. But um, didn't really love Josh Norman's attitude for a long time. <laughs> you know, he was just kind of a uh, uh, you know a guy that was rude all the time. But uh, oh, when it when I when I,
0: when I saw him get up, and I went, oh shit, he just threw Josh Norman. It made the it made the. I was like, that is the most adult. Thing. That does the most manly thing I've ever seen somebody do. Just throw a dude, a grown ass NFL player, throwing him, and then when Nor- I go, oh, it was Norman. I was so excited. Is that terrible?
1: Yeah, I don't wish anything bad on anybody. Like, ever. I don't care who it is, but uh, that was that was pretty funny. Um, Henry's just a, a beast. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't even know what Norman was thinking, trying to get in front of him like that. <laughs> I uh, here's a really fast refrigerator coming at you. What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> just let him go by.
0: <laughs> just leave, try and push him. Go for the legs.
1: <laughs> it was. It was incredible. Um, yeah, he got poster, up, Posterized. Yeah, growing up in North Carolina, like the Panthers are my team, but you know the Titans are my home team because so, we live here, and I've been to more Titans games than than anything. So it's it's exciting to see them. Doing well because they have notoriously not done well. So yeah. um, it's good to see that that team like come together and, and getting all their stuff and players in the right places and really clicking. And it was a great game. I mean, they really put up some points, and it was it was fun to watch. Because the Titans look good, man. Undefeated. Yeah, I'll take it. it awesome. So it was the first time since like 2008 that they had four uh, zero.
0: Yeah, well, this this show's going to come out on Monday, so people are gonna they're gonna be like, oh, "That's old news, dude." But hey, it happened last night for us. We're we're recording this a little bit in advance. Exactly. So thank I you so much.
1: I about... Love seeing him play. It is oh. awesome. So
0: nice. It's nice when he's on your team.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy to have on your team. You don't want to watch your own guys get thrown around like that. It's no. nice when he's the guy throwing. It's good.
1: My friends and my friends that are the Bills fans were weird. Were, <laughs> they, they, they weren't laughing whatever he tossed for <laughs>
0: We've had a good visual episode today. So if you're if you're listening to this, you gotta go to our YouTube channel and watch this. You can actually see his tattoos, you can see all of our facial expressions and laughing. Uh, his t-shirt, you can see the coffee, you can see everything. Justin built in. in thank you so much for coming on Nash Ross, I've, I've had a blast just kind of talking to you, getting to know you a little bit. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I always have the final word on the show. I always like to give my guest just an open mic, whatever they want to say, anything that's on their heart. If it's nothing, if it's an hour long, I don't care whatever you want to say. I just want to give you the mic to take us out. Anything you want to say to the people listening?
1: Um, Yeah. Keep, you know, Stay positive, keep taking care of each other. Um, Turn your TV off some days, you know, watch something other than the news and uh, go talk to other people. I think that's the best thing we can do right now. There's a lot of weird stuff going on and it's uh, nothing's nearly as bad as they're trying to tell you it is. And go have a conversation with somebody, go find people with different ideas and Try to find the good and the common with people and, and don't know, stay positive. Don't be a dick. Just, you know, do your best to, to stay off the Internet. You, you go do something physical. Go outside. You know, go go pick up a weight. Go, go do some squats. I don't know. Like, there's <laughs> – um, pick, like, pick up a weight. Yeah, learn some cooking, you know read a book. Um, do your best to not be totally consumed with that little screen in front of you. Whether there's okay. a pandemic or not, I think that's good Good advice. Just get off your phone for a minute. <laughs> it's,
0: it's hard to do, man.
1: Yeah, it's tough, man. I totally get it, especially like, I see myself doing it more often just because I'm running my socials and you know, doing my solo music stuff and constantly have to be engaging with folks. But um, one thing that, that's helped me, and you know, I, I tell a lot of people, is every morning when I get up before I turn on the TV or start messing with my phone, um, if you can, I, I sit and read for at least an hour. And I know not everybody can do that because you got a, you know, different responsibilities, but um, starting my day without the TV or the phone, you know, the first thing that I do is, has been hugely helpful.
0: That's good stuff. All right. Well, thank you. True words never spoken, man. I I couldn't agree with you more on all of that. And thank you for that message as well as coming on and kind of telling your story. Um, I'd love to check back in with you as we get past this thing. And, you know, when you're, headlining CMAs and you're, you know, doing the whole thing. I'm going to, I'm going to send you a message and be like, Hey man, let me, uh, I would love to come see you. So I've been checking out your music. It's good stuff. And I wish you nothing but the best of success, uh, in your new home, getting through COVID, the world tour coming up, all of these things. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was great. Yeah, man.
0: All right, Justin Bilton, thank you so much for being on Nashville Restaurant Radio. That was an absolute honor to speak with you. I am, uh, like I said, I'm learning. I'm getting better. It's kind of like, you remember that time when you were on stage? Like, the, that was cool. <laughs> the uh, Chris Farley Saturday Night Live sketch. But uh, we're going to get better at those. And uh, let me know what you think. Let me know if you thought that I'm a little hard on myself. And that that was a great interview. Or if it was just okay, send me a message. Say, hey, dude, it was cool. It was not cool. Whatever. Um, And, uh, yeah, I always like to have a little bit of feedback. Appreciate you guys. And um, stay tuned. Wednesday, Charlie Nelson, that's an interview you do not want to miss. Hope you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.